Welcome back to Words from the Woods, a Trails Rock podcast. Last week, we had Shay Coleman on to tell some stories, and one of ours was about a brand new trail that we had run in the Adirondacks to a place called OK Slip Falls. New trails don't just show up on their own, though, and they also don't just maintain themselves. So we are really excited to have Todd Beverly with us here tonight to talk about all things trail work related. We've got a lot to cover, like why he loves trail running so much, how that led to building new trails, what is the process of getting a new trail built, um, how about a favorite project that he's completed so far, and that dream project that's on his bucket list. And then a little bit about the projects that um, Trails Rock has planned for this spring, summer, and fall. Trail work is really at the core of who we are as an organization. And with Todd teaching, any one of you can come along and learn a new skill and give back to our sport. So we're going to talk all things trail, trail building tonight. With that, let's get to it. All right, we're back. Cool. So we are excited today to be joined by one of our Trails Rock board members. Um, Todd Beverly is joining us today. So Todd, thanks so much for being here. Well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Um, Todd, before, so today's topic kind of is going to be all about trail work because that's your job um, primarily on our board. But before we get into any of that, we wanted to just touch a little bit on how you became a trail runner, why you're a trail runner, um, kind of how you met all of these crazy we people. We want to know the story of Todd. Yeah. The story of Todd. Yeah. Okay. So give us, give us the skinny. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into running? Well, before we get into that, I should tell you that there is an over and under the number of words I'm going to say. Over this, <laughs> there's a wager there's going. Yes, there we is. We can fix this. I was just about to say you should have and told I, us. I bet on it, so it's possible that I might stop a sentence. <laughs> right well, what the, what's the word count? What's the, what's the bet? He can't tell us. You That'll can't... increase his word count. <laughs> That's okay. What's the bet at? What's the over under? I need to know because then I want to put this into a uh, one of the new features on Spotify is that you can actually put it into a blog format, and it will oh, it will write out your like AI will write out your that way you don't have to. And then I can put it into count. a word count. <laughs> so this is funny for people who do not know Todd because Todd tends to be, well, you know, it's so funny. I feel like you used to be really quiet. HBO used to call me the silent giant. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of trail nicknames. I do. Um, that that actually came up last week in, yeah. our, in our stories podcast. Um, I was talking about how you, you had that real unique laugh. And that's how we knew you were in the group is because you would laugh at the at the jokes, but you didn't really say much. And then one day you told a joke and it was like, we just stopped running. And we're like, what just happened? Todd's talking. <laughs> So, yeah. So that is why, I'm assuming that's why, there is a word count. We're going to get you to the over. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, okay, so to, in order to uh, help whoever has the over, tell us a little bit about how you became a trail runner and, and why. So my story is probably a little different than a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people ran in high school and college and stuff, and I couldn't. I actually had... Uh, hip arthritis so uh, for actually most of my adult life yeah. it wasn't until i was 50 that i had surgery and allowed me to walk and run um call that like adult onset running 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, when you first started running, did you start running on trails or did you run on the roads or? So I used to hike in Mandan and I saw mm. trail runners and I thought, Hey, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> so I, I started doing that. And then there was an article in the ZNC um, about the Medved runs on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing those and I met you and yeah. You and Eric and a whole bunch of other crazy people. And... <laughs> it's a real slippery slope. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like one day you're just out for a nice hike and the next day you're running an ultra marathon. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you love about trail being on the trails? Oh, I, I like the peace. I mean, it's, it's nice. I, I was never really much for roads, you mm -hmm. know, the cars and stuff. So it's kind of cool to be out in nature and, fresh air and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Were you always interested in like being out in nature? Yeah. Like when you, even when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, well, we used to, my folks and I, we used to camp quite frequently and uh, we actually used to do kind of little service projects to planting trees and interesting. I didn't and know that building wildlife shelters and such. So. Interesting. What kind of wildlife would you shelter? <laughs> Not the good kind. Not the good kind. <laughs> just like, a, like build it for little chipmunks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you, you saw some of the Medved stuff. You saw some people running in Menden. You, you picked up on what we were going doing. And then uh, eventually you joined um, our board um specifically to be the person that sort of leads the trail work aspect of what we do right um, which is so important to us because it, it's to me it's really the most important part of what we do so like we have i mean there's group runs all over the city like all over the county there's there's people out running mm -hmm. doing groups right there's races all over the place like if our races went away it would be a bummer but like there's no shortage of races in rochester but the trail work if we don't do it these trails don't even exist to have the races and, and the group runs on, or they don't exist in the capacity that they do right now. Right. Um, and it's not just us, there's other organizations which we'll touch on, but um, why, what draws you to that? And what drew you to be able to say, hey, yeah, I'd like to join Trails Rock and be and, and be part of that? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think everybody's run, run on trails and there's a stick or branch or mm -hmm. log or, tree Whole whatever tree, yeah. <laughs> across the trail and you go well this is a little inconvenient maybe i can drag this out of the way you know so that mm -hmm. other people that are running it can uh, can get through um and also the same thing for mud puddles i mean you mm -hmm. see well this is a really bad mud puddle here why is it why is it a problem does it just need little uh, cut for drainage or mm -hmm. or what's going on there to make the trail a little bit nicer and more sustainable for people. So. And you do a ton of trail work, not just with Trails Rock, but you work with a lot of other organizations. Like what other groups are you? So I work with Victor Hiking Trails pretty mm -hmm. frequently. Um, I'm one town over from them and they have 70 miles of trails, I think they mm -hmm. advertise. So um, they they do maintenance like three times a week during the summer. So I usually help them when I can. Mm -hmm. um, who else? I don't know. I mean, we, we work on various trails in Monroe County, parks and, right. 
and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think um, if we were going to talk about like groups that do trail work in the area, so you have the Victor Hiking Trails, you work with them a lot. Mm -hmm. um, the Crescent Trail Association, we have worked with them and we donate to them. Um, they have, what's their group called? Do you remember their Tuesday group? Silver Is it the Silver Foxes? Foxes? Oh, I was yeah, just going to say. Silver Foxes, and they go out basically once a week and just take care of issues, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the bucket list things I want to do is kind of work with them as well. Mm -hmm. now, that, now that I'm retired and have huge amounts of free time to do things. <laughs> so. Calling yourself a silver fox at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they have different levels. Maybe I'm like a bronze fox. <laughs> you got to work your way yeah. up. I feel like how, for how much trail work you do, you're like a golden fox. But um, And Grok does a lot of trail work also. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've done like unofficial projects together and we've worked yeah. with quite a few of the Grok people. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there is um, the Friends of Webster Trails. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they are up there where we run our Webster Trail Classics. So mm -hmm. they're taking care of Whiting and Gosnell and right. a whole bunch of other parks in Webster, this, Bird yeah. Trail and four mile preservation or whatever up there. Yep. Um, we'll put all that stuff in the, in mm -hmm. the notes too so people can check those links. And they're all volunteer organizations, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is nice. So, I mean, obviously, we part of why we're doing the podcast today is that we want people to come out and join us for Trails Rock Work Days. Um, but if Trails Rock Days don't work, there's a ton of other options in our area. Um, if, if our days and times don't work or our locations don't work, right. there's other groups and everybody is always looking for help. Um, yeah. Do you need experience to come out for a trail work day? Um, no, actually, uh, I think part of our charge, or however you want to turn, um, you know, what we do, or it, it's kind of part of us, is that we like training new people. Mm -hmm. um, if you are an experience with trails and you want to learn a little more, you know, we're very happy to teach you. If you want to help us build bridges or or boardwalks or whatever and never use tools we're happy to teach you that as well so yeah i think that's something that's um important for people to know because sometimes yeah. people will say oh i i don't know how you know and it's like well one there's you have to do it to learn right, right. and i think the other part is there's so many components to the trailer so let's talk about um the boardwalk that was put in on um, the Seneca Trail, right? right? So that had, there was so many different pieces that needed to, to fit together. So some people were carrying planks of wood back and forth because you could only hike it in, right? right? So there was no other way to get mm -hmm. the, the stuff there. We had to hike it in. Um, so some people were doing that. Some people were cutting just literally the same length of board. So measure this one over and over and over again. And, and here's the saw and you'll just cut this. And then other people were, you know, screwing stuff boards down. Board and then, boards down. and yeah. then there was a, a spot that actually the the boardwalk curved, and you guys that had more skill actually cut a curve right. into those pieces yeah. to make them fit and look really great. So it's not it's just like a chunky turn. It like it's flows. for real. Like <laughs> you could ride a mountain bike on it. You could ski on it. Like it's just yeah. a really nice curve to it. So all of those things, and then we had to clean that all up. So everything right. had to get like 
hiked back out, right? So all of those things were different skill sets. And, mm-hmm. and I remember I was lugging stuff out and there was, I think it was you, and there was another guy who I'd never met before. We're actually teaching two other people. Chauncey? Might've been Chauncey yeah. from the um, Victor Hiking yes. Trails. Um, teaching two other people how to set those curves in. Right. And um, instead of worrying about rushing through the project, uh, it was a learning process. And then that person got to leave there with a skill and be more comfortable next time they come out. Exactly right. So, And it's really like, I remember the first couple of times going out to trail work being nervous. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do, how to do it. What are we doing? And, you know, you guys who are in charge are really good about giving directions and um, kind of matching people's like skill sets mm-hmm. too a little bit yeah. um, with the, whatever tasks we have at hand. I mean, there's always right. there's always work to do. And if you're not interested in the physical, like lugging things around and you're not interested in building the actual bridge, like there's almost always somebody going around trimming stuff back or raking yep. or... Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's not just um, boardwalks and bridges. What what else goes into, like, what are the other, other types, of types of work that people could be helping us with? Well, as Sheila just said, we trim back the bushes. and It's never any fun to get a face full of prickers <laughs> from, the, from the overhanging uh, right. weeds. So um, we trim those back when we can. Uh, we also, um, if, if it's a muddy area, we try to figure out why it's muddy mm-hmm. and, you know, if usually even cut drainage to make it less muddy or maybe even do a trail reroute for a short section and mm-hmm. move it to a better location. So. And all of those are things that you would show someone how to, like, if they need to cut drainage, you would explain like exactly what to do. Right. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what that means, neither did I. <laughs> you know, the first couple of times that I went out and somebody had to show me this is what you do. Like, this is how you figure out where to put the cut and this is how you build it. Right. You know, sometimes we've used rocks to try to kind of like yep. hold hold things in place. Yeah. And yeah. So it's a lot of work. And yeah. And it's all volunteer work. So what do you what do you get from it what 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 brings you and attracts you to that like hey i'm just gonna go do this thing like why um good question (laughs) it's my job (laughs) and you do it well (laughs) these are all words that count (laughs) (laughs) Uh, part of it i think is seeing other people well when I'm running on a trail now, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the trail and the conditions, and, you know, <laughs> for different things. And and when I first started trail running, I didn't do any of that. Right. But when you're teaching people to do this, you can see that they also see the trails and what needs to be mm-hmm. looked at and fixed. Like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but <laughs> it is a thing. Um, yeah. I think it gives you a whole new appreciation for, for the trails that exist and how they got there. Right. And I mean, like some of the stuff, like I'm just thinking in terms, cause it's the spring. So everything's going to start to grow really, really crazily. And I think sometimes we take it for granted, like there's a trail and I'm not getting hit in the face by, 
you know, thorns right. or I'm not trying to push through brush and then having to really like do a more thorough tick check when I'm done. And I think a lot of times people don't stop to consider why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just think, well, the trail's just here, but like the trail doesn't exist by itself without upkeep. Yeah. So let me throw a question at you and, and, and give us your thoughts on this. As someone that leads our trail um, work, works with uh, all of the other organizations, um, you know, the Finger Lakes Trail, the Crescent Trail, the Victor Heidens Trail, what, do you think that organizations that, um, that run on trails should be required to help? Or do you think it should just be, hey, we've got this volunteer thing going and come out when you can? What are your thoughts? Oh, that's uh, throw the controversy that's, out. That's there. a thorny subject. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, don't you... I, I, I would kind of prefer that people want to do it rather sure. than are forced to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I can understand that if an organization imposes that as part of their, mm -hmm. their, you know, racing mm -hmm. in order to like a prerequisite or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like some races say, if you want to run this race, you have to do 15 volunteer hours and they have to have a, a form signed. Right. The, the 50 K we did across long Island. Vin, Vinny's did you have enough hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough hours in like one day one week for the whole race. For the entire race. Were you putting hours in the bank for people <laughs> charging interest? Actually, I did set up some work days for specifically, specifically for people for people so they could get yeah. their, okay. their work hours. So, um, I don't know. I guess I can see both sides of it. You, you really hate to force people to do sure. something. You prefer right. that they wanted to do it, yeah. you know, to give back. Right. I'm always curious if people are quote unquote, forced into doing something for a race, if they realize how fun it is, and then they want to come back and do more. Um, like I know we've had people at aid stations in the past who are required to do volunteer hours. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're like, that was really fun. And it's like, yeah, it is really fun. Like trail work is really fun. Um, but I, I guess it would be interesting to see follow up. Like if, if people have never done it before, how many of them come back? I would love to see more runners, like you said, Todd, that, that want to do it. Mm -hmm. So like, if you take, let's just take many on the Jenny and pretend every single runner was from Rochester, right? We're just right. going to pretend here. 150 runners, every one of them is local. And what I often hear is, man, I would have loved to come help with trail work, but I, I had to get my long run in or like all these sort of things. And I'm like, so you always had time for the, the run. You always had time for the race, but the place where the race exists, it needs a little help sometimes too, right? So I would love to see people just, maybe it's an awareness thing and maybe it's like um, we can do a better job of saying like, well, well, it is fun, but like, like getting people to realize that it's really important Mm -hmm. um, to do it and, and it can be just as good of a training day yeah. as any long run like like yeah. take your day in Letchworth a few weeks ago like what went into that oh lugging big pack <laughs> yeah so you when I was when I was when I was cutting the the trees that fell across the trail I mean mm -hmm. I have I have chainsaw battery powered chainsaw extra battery cord oil axe uh, clippers, 
water, extra chain, some wedges. It's like a whole murder kit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this one over here. Jeez. Am I safe tonight? <laughs> Somebody's been listening to uh, the murder True crime. Yeah, true yeah, crime. Geez. No, I was actually out on the FLT once by myself, and there were two guys that came through with, like, huge chainsaws. And I was like, for, just for a split second, I was like, well, this is not what you want to see as a woman by yourself on the trail. But if you so. if you needed that like good training day though, yeah, I mean that's a workout. Yeah, you're, right. and you're out there. I mean, we've had trail work days sometimes that have really lasted a long time when there's a lot of work to get mm -hmm. done. Or you might have to like, you might have to hike in three miles, right, right to yep. get to where you need to work. You need to hike out three miles, so now you're already at six miles, and maybe you did uh, an hour work. and a half to two hours worth of physical labor mm -hmm. right. um that is a heck of a training day um like that that could end up being like a four-hour run yeah. you know the equivalent so a lot of folks maybe we need to um sort of spin it in a way that people it. understand hey it's not mm -hmm. i'm missing my run it's i'm cross training and helping mm -hmm. so i don't know thoughts yeah i think it makes sense to think of it that way um i mean I guess whatever gets people out there. So like, if that's the thing that gets people out there <laughs> is, it's a great, is it's a great workout. Um, but I, you know, all of these things don't exist without volunteers, I guess, at the end of the day, like races need volunteers at aid stations or they can't happen, you know, like, and it's the same thing with the trails. Like the trails just don't exist without people to care about them. Mm -hmm. It's like the Lorex. <laughs> Unless X. someone like you cares a whole awful lot. We have the Todd X. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I think this is a good spot for us to take a quick break. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about um, the process of getting a trail made from scratch through race. Um, what that looks like. Um, we're going to talk about the tools that you need. We're going to talk about the outcomes, different um, projects that we have completed, some stuff that's coming up dreaming big we're gonna we're gonna put our our wish list out there and we'll see if we can make it happen and then maybe we'll give some resources sweet sound good yeah all right we'll be back in a minute yeah so we're back and we are still talking about the word count bat that Todd <laughs> may or may not exist yeah. but I, I came up with a nice poem for that it's one word two word Three word, four, five word, six word, seven word, more. You're real Dr. Right. Seuss over there. I am. So now I have rhymed on this podcast and I have sung on this podcast. What will he do next? What will I do next? Tap dancing. Tap dancing. <laughs> You'll just hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen, we're talking about all things trail work related with um, Todd the Demigod Beverly. Sheila, do you want to tell where that nickname came from? <laughs> so my brother, I'm the oldest of 10 kids. So I have a, I grew up on a kid farm. Anyways, my younger brother had come up to stay with us for, I think the whole summer. And we had a trail work day at Durand. And this was before Todd started carrying chainsaws. Um, and so <laughs> actually, I think you did actually carry chainsaws, but you really enjoy an ax workout. And so there were two huge trees down and there were like five guys taking turns on one tree with an ax. And then Todd was by himself on the other tree and took it out right away. And Josh was at the time, I think Little. reading. Yeah. And he they were reading the lightning thief in school. And so 
there's, you know, gods and demigods in, in that. And so Josh was just in awe, staring at Todd, taking this massive tree out with just an ax. And he was like, wow, he's like a real demigod. So that's how Todd's in my phone actually is Todd, Todd the demigod. The demigod. <laughs> so if we ever get your phone we need to call Todd. Yeah, that's what you should for. look for. I remember that day um, because Todd had a really sharp ax and great form and was splintering off chunks at a time like, huge chunks, like the yeah. espn you're watching like the lumberjack game <laughs> and then you're looking next door and you're like what are these knuckleheads doing <laughs> and they've got like a blunt object that they're trying to beat the tree into submission with and then todd comes over and finishes off that tree yeah <laughs> remember that day i do <laughs> So all of that, and we got two words out of them. Yeah. Um, Todd, you recently took a, well, I don't know if it's recent anymore at this point. I don't remember when you did it, but you took a Sawyer class too, right? Yes. I'm a FLT certified Sawyer, which means I can run chainsaws on the FLT, clear out, you know, fallen trees and such. Okay. So what was, what's the purpose of the course? Because anybody can just go buy a chainsaw, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's do you not, recommend it? <laughs> I do recommend the course. I, um, <laughs> but not buying a chainsaw and just going out onto the trail by yourself? I mean, you know, as long as you're not around me, you can <laughs> outside, you know, but anyhow, it's, it shows you how to safely cut down trees um, and how to, you know, cut storm damage trees. There's a whole art around it. So trees that might be like, lodged in and, and like a slingshot ready to go right i mean that's part of it the you'll get these little saplings that get crushed mm -hmm. and they're actually down they're, they're called spring poles okay and when you release the the tension on the main tree mm -hmm. those things can come back at you and actually hurt you severely right so you have to be on the lookout for those and those get taken out before you take mm. the main tree down. So, there, and there's just a whole a whole science behind uh, yeah. how to how to safely cut down a tree, how to safely take care of these trees that are leaning, or or um, there's a whole make sure you drop it in the right direction so you don't just drop it right across the trail again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we got this one. Oh my God, we have to we're gonna need, we're gonna need Todd get the axe. So what was that course? What did it entail? Like a uh, couple days, one day? It was two, it was two days. Okay. Um, and the, the FLT sponsors it, so they they actually pay for the course. For the yes. course. Um, but yeah, it's it's well worthwhile um, if you want to really operate a chainsaw safely. Mm -hmm. And that comes with like um, safe. You have to have safety gear. And what, yes. what if I wanted to go out on uh, my local trail and I I, they didn't have any rules or regulations against it. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm in Florida or Texas or some crazy place. And they said, <laughs> and I'm just going to go clear a trail. Um, what should I have with me? We are not endorsing this, by the way. <laughs> go on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to call my lawyer. On <laughs> well, I mean, the chainsaw itself has some safety features and that's one of the things you're supposed to check first is like the brake, whether the brake mm -hmm. actually functions. There is a, a tab underneath where the chain is. You're supposed to make sure that that exists. Spark a restaurant. Your chainsaw is actually there if it's a gas. Mm -hmm. um, 
Um, there's a couple other ones that are failing me at the moment. But in addition to that, you're supposed to have a cap, pump cap. Um, if it is a, a gas, you're supposed to have ear protection. Mm -hmm. The cap has a, a visor that comes down in front with it's mm -hmm. like chain to mesh to keep stuff from flying in your face. Yeah. Um, and chainsaw chaps, which are always stylish. <laughs> always stylish. <laughs> but it's incredible how quickly those can bind up a chainsaw. Yeah, that's exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So if you're running a chainsaw and you inadvertently, you know, run across your leg with it, the idea of those chaps is they have fibers inside of them. I think they're cal calvar, Kevlar. Yeah. Um, and it actually will bind up the chainsaw okay. immediately. So it doesn't so cut further. So it doesn't, yeah, the yeah. idea is, is that it's supposed to stop the chain like almost immediately. Wow. Yeah. Would it come um, in handy? Well, that's, it's actually really interesting to point that out because I had an issue down in the park with just um, a brush one. It wasn't even a chainsaw. It was like a, the huge hedge clippers. Yeah. And I stumbled while I was clearing for many on the Jenny and it hit me right in the thigh and sliced me open real good. And um, had I been wearing proper equipment i would have been fine yeah but i was not in <laughs> fact fine and i had to hike a mile and a half or so back up and nobody knew i was down there bleeding so you're also supposed to have a buddy when i was just yeah, i broke say, all the rules yeah, do not so recommend yeah um so and, don't be like now Eric. we can say don't do these things and here's why yeah <laughs> who would who would ever do that well <laughs> i did so so i wanted to talk a little bit about um the process of getting um, a new trail built for us. We're putting in a brand new trail down in Letchworth State Park, which will help enable us to run Many on the Jenny as a full loop, almost completely off of pavement. Um, I think there's only a little bit of road left once we finish this. So we have been in the process of getting approvals and have started to build this new trail. So. Why don't we talk a little bit about what that process looked like? Um, I guess I could start because I was like, hey, I want to get this trail. And so I um, we, we hiked it with um, with Phil Nesbitt um, just through brush and, and what we thought would be a good idea. And then we um, sent an email to the manager at the parks and he said that they've always wanted it to go all the way around, but they didn't have the. I don't know, the resources or the gumption Manpower, to, probably. to get it done. And I was like, well, we can do it. We just need permission. And from there, do you, do you remember the steps we had to take? Uh, two years later? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, we're, this so is, why would yeah, it take so long? So this is two years from when we initially walked that, um, walked that route and submitted our initial GPS. And um, we are in a state park, and that meant red tape all over the place. So the first thing was the park manager had to say, yep, that was a good idea. And then the park um, geologist had to say that that is a good enough spot, a safe enough spot to, for people to be. Right. Yeah. It's not near the edge. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the, the, there's not any indication that it's going to cave away or anything like that. Or the ground is going to give way because uh, it's built right along the edge in, of a gorge. Right. Um, and then the um, historic and preservation piece, because the state parks are historical preservation society. Um, that's really one of their biggest components. They had to make sure that we were not on land that was sacred 
or if we come across anything that is um, historical in terms of artifacts along the way while we're prepping and digging, that we stop. And then um, biology had to get involved. um, And that was our biggest challenge, right? So he had to walk the trail. And and he tagged every one of the streams that it crossed. Yeah, so he tagged those streams, then he went back. What was he tagging the streams for? I think he was looking for um, endangered species. Yeah. So in a number of the stream crossings, in in our minds as trail runners, we said, we can run down the bank, up the bank. People can get their feet wet. Nobody cares. And he flipped over a couple rocks and he found some like blue spotted salamander or something Mm -hmm. that is uh, an at-risk species and said, oh, we're putting the brakes on this. We have to build bridges because we can't stomp through here because this is habitat. Yep. So then what? now we've got bridges that we need. So what's that process been like? Because that's been when you sort of said, hey, I'll take over this process. What's that look like <laughs> for you? You're the bridge builder. So the state came up with plans for the bridges and they provide all the materials and it's just up to us to put them in. So they gave us like, this is how big this needs to be. This is how we have to anchor it in. Right. If this needs a railing, here's the specifications for the railing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we weren't able to just say, we're going to put a couple of trees across here with some boards on them. No, they're very nice bridges. They're, yeah. They're built to last. The smaller one, bridge one, is complete. That uses six by six or three six by sixes. Three six by sixes. The, the, they put oak board rough roughed oak boards across the top. I think they actually harvested them from right the from the park, park right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So um, they're five quarters and it's 36, I think, wide. 36 inches wide. So we got three six by sixes, one foot on center, 36 inch boards. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. That's if a big was, bridge, if yeah. If it was wide enough, you could drive a car across a six by six. <laughs> with Strong. No problem. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. So that's that. bridge number one, and that's done. How many bridges do we need to build? Did you remember? Two. So we just have to build two for this. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, they still have a little bit of the trail that they need to to check, right? Right. So the southern part of the trail um, was going to kick out to. There's a grassy strip right by the road, mm-hmm. and you know and that's fine there's there's areas where we had to do that anyhow because the 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 um, um what about the like canyons or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever whatever you call that they're too steep to go up and down and so we actually have to go out to the road and cross um the the bridge on the road mm-hmm. and then we can cut back cut in back. but on the southern part it was all grassy the grassy area right next to the road. So um, we decided that, well, kind of everybody decided that we prefer to move the, that trail, you know, 15, 20 feet into the woods. There's mm-hmm. plenty of room there. And then you just, you kind of run parallel with the road, but you wouldn't be on the road or near it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has to be checked out again by the the biologist, state biologist, and he's coming um, soon, I think, right? 
next week the yeah. 10th or something i think i heard yeah. so hopefully we get the okay um, at that point and then we'll finish the trail yeah and they named it something what do they name it turkey howl turkey howl so mm. um they didn't name it trails rock no. <laughs> the todd um, beverly todd todd the demigod there's no todd no. trail it's um, 15a yeah and we you don't can, have we don't have an exact measurement on it yet. We can give it that nickname on Strava. There you go. <laughs> we'll we'll put a Strava segment on yeah. Trail. Um, but so it it helps us. We we come up that long climb at Many on the Jenny for people that have run it before. And then there there was a long road stretch. It was like two point two miles of road. Right. And you could see as you're running running along the road that it's beautiful off to your left. There's this like this natural ridge line that sort of bounces up and down above the river but you're not running it you're out on a road and um you know we wanted to get back into there so it actually makes it a little bit longer so it's a, it was a 2.2 mile stretch will be three maybe a little bit more because we follow the ridge line yeah. um and we have you know we try to avoid some of the low spots so that might have meant you know going a little further in than we needed to just to have a trail that was just better and then there's a spot that'll run through like this pine section and it's like quiet and beautiful. It's like off there to your left. Um, and then you kick back out right where you would have normally crossed the road. And um, it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Yeah. There's a number of waterfalls too that you cannot it's, see from the road. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they're really very nice. Mm -hmm. It's nice to be able to kind of roll up the trail and say, oh, there's nice waterfalls. Something else beautiful you, to look you at. You couldn't see them from yeah. the road. So. And so our hope is that we'll get this trail done. Um, for the race this year. Um, that's kind of our goal. Um, if we have to use some of it or not, not all of it, we'll do that. But um, it would be really great to, to have that trail sort of opened in time for the race and have introduce everybody to a brand new piece of Letchworth where we can guarantee nobody has run before. <laughs> I have. Yes. <laughs> So nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think that's pretty exciting for us, like as, committing to like an off-road feel to the race and, mm -hmm. and to say hey we really it's more than just running this race in this park we really committed to the park we we do a lot of trail work and now we even built a trail so but it might take a you know three some three years to get the whole thing all from approval you know from design to finish right it might take that long. not the way todd's been down there working <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean well I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be three years. I, I mean, I can't say what a biologist will yeah. find, but right. Hopefully, no more snails. I think he kind of looked over the area, and we're really not going through any wetlands. Or yeah, mm -hmm. it's just into the woods, basically. Yeah, into the woods. So, <laughs> so. I'm singing again. Here we go. <laughs> um, so if I were to. Um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about in a minute, but if I were to show up at a Trails Rock work day, what do I need to bring with me? How, how should I show up? So we generally have extra tools. Um, gloves are a really good idea. Yes. You know, like gardening gloves or, or work gloves, however you want to mm -hmm. term, term it. Um, if we're doing this kind of trail work, if you have, you know, hose or shovels or 
What? No. Oh, okay. Can't use hope. <laughs> There's an inappropriate joke happening right now. Shocking. <laughs> Continue. Yes, Sorry. There's two kinds of trail hose. <laughs> Explicit warning on this podcast. Thanks, yeah. Todd. Okay. It's nice. not Todd's fault. Todd kept a straight face. You're the one that couldn't hold it together. He's talking about trail hose. <laughs> what else do we need other than our hose? Um, usually some kind of pruning implements okay. to you know take out the occasional bush or whatever's overhanging in the trails. Yeah. Um saws you know handsaw kind of mm-hmm. things to okay. take out small so any of your gardening tools you might want to bring did you mention a drill if we're building if we're bridge building or whatever yeah, yeah. drill or um, now where do you plug in your electric drill when you're working on the trail <laughs> just well, kidding that's a good question. Someone and brings I a generator. Do, I or... have a generator, and I usually bring it down if I need to. Yeah, we, we use a lot of battery-operated tools yeah. when we can. But there's certain things like driving in huge lag screws that my uh, my big um, compact driver, impact driver, yeah. yeah, will do in like a second, and it would take like half an hour of, with a socket, right, right, kind of. And so that I remember we, the the generator was at the trail work day for when we were building that boardwalk because yes. we were driving in a lot of lag bolts there, and um and we also were cutting boards to length out on the trail instead of doing it before. Right. So, yeah. It just makes it a little more convenient. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, okay. So let's talk for a second about um, your favorite project that you've done so far. Like you've done a lot of stuff. Do you have a favorite one that you're most proud of at this point? Um, well, probably the boardwalk in in uh, Victor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's 500 feet long, basically. I was and, just gonna say it's enormous. And yeah, I mean, it was a big project. We worked on it for many many weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we got funding from Trails Rock and. From our genie from Victor, so we kind of kind of collaborated as a group and bought yeah. the materials and then laid them all down. So, so it's uh, Matt Steiner who works for our GNE. He's a, a fellow trail runner, and he um, they donated some materials. money to us and materials to hook us up yeah. with a bunch of stuff for a bunch of projects. We're always willing to take <laughs> donations for this stuff. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah, well, I mean. In all seriousness, though, the the um, materials, the supplies are not cheap. Um, so if we can get them donated, that's right. awesome. Very but helpful. also that's kind of what our race entry fees goes towards. Most of it is earmarked for trail work. Right. That's our most expensive expense. Yeah. So so let's talk about that, like your, your dream to build. Like what would you say... Oh, man, like for us, it was like, let's get this trail built in Letchworth for this race. But what about you? Like, you want to do a project. It's unlimited funds and, and approvals are already here. Which one is it? So one project that I've always wanted to do and I will try, try to do before I die is <laughs> to extend the Seneca Trail from, it, it ends now in Bowen Park in mm-hmm. East Bloomfield. 
and I would dearly love to extend that all the way to the Bristol Hills branch of the FLT. Which would be sweet. And connect <clears throat> you know, the Rochester area. Right. So you could run from all the way down, hit the finish of Twisted Branch on the lake, if you did this your way, all the way up through Seneca Trail, all the way to the Crescent Trail, which would take you all the way to Powder Mills Park, and then you're almost downtown. Right, or you can go the other way and cross it and go through Fairport. Right. Right. So that We're so lucky. Like, when I think about just how much trail we already have and the ways that you can connect, and it would be that would be really cool. How much do you know about how much trail that would be to connect the two things? Oh, gosh. Um, Is it a lot? In my head, it seems like it shouldn't be. Like, I don't know exactly. I'm guessing around 20 miles, but okay. yeah. but know, that's a lot when you're building new trail. Yeah, it's not so much that. I mean, a lot of it's private land. Yeah. Like yeah. Most of it is. It's, there's no like, mm -hmm. state and stuff. Right. And we didn't even talk about that. Like, what is that? What is an easement? <laughs> so, um, Victor does a lot of work with private mm -hmm. um, private homeowners. So. There are trail easements, and there are, some are permanent, and mm -hmm. some are are um, I forgot what the other revocable. You're right. Revocable. Yeah. So um, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's quite a project. I honestly yeah. So the yeah. Premier Lakes Trail has a ton of that as well as they cut across the entire state. Um, what they've done over the years is they've said to homeowners, "Hey, um, this parcel of land that you own that's undeveloped, we would like to have the trail run through here," and um, they get an easement, an agreement saying, yeah. hey, we can do this. It, insurance from the organization covers it or the insurance from the town or whoever was in charge would cover that. And then unfortunately what happens is sometimes trail users abuse the privilege of that trail and don't follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And then a landowner says, we're done. So that's a good example though. Um, if, if a landowner closes a trail for hunting for a certain amount of time, to say we shouldn't run through there anymore during hunting season one it's not safe two it's not allowed they've said no and when you do that he could they could pull the whole trail right. from that segment yeah. and then you're out on roads rerouting around and yeah trying to figure it out yeah, so it it's is, it something... is important to respect those right. signs when you see them and the trail is close for hunting and, mm -hmm. and, or know, whatever and, rules yeah whatever stipulations homeowners have put on yeah. Using, or any trail using, manager. Using right? a trail for 10 months is way better than not using a trail at all. At all. So, right. Yeah. So, all right. So we know what your, your dream project is. What about your dream trail work tool that you don't have? And <laughs> you're like, if we had this, it would make my life easier and more fun. That would be a trail mower. Yeah. Mm. They like, are expensive. Like the ones we used in Black Creek Park? Yeah. Yeah, they just go through everything pretty much. <laughs> they're two-wheel drive. You, they're propelled, but you walk behind them, and they have this big area with blades and stuff in it that will pretty much crunch through anything. Yeah, that's how we clear the bramble in Black Creek Park. Right. Because you wouldn't be able to do that with just clippers. It would take you forever. It would grow in behind you before you were finished. <laughs> but those things just they chew it up. Yeah, we, we use those in Victor. Yeah. They have three of them, actually. Mm. So, nice. I mean, you basically you have a guy go out front with the hedge clippers and kind of clip away 
the overhanging stuff and then the mowers go through you know one wheel on the the single track the other wheel off and they just mow down one side turn around and mow the other side and they're done for a month or two yeah that's exciting we'll get we'll we'll um somebody is listening to this and is going to be like i have so much spare money i'm going to get todd <laughs> beverly a powered trail mower so that he can then build his trail down to to the <laughs> twisted branch course from Rochester. So I think this is probably a good spot for us to stop. Is there anything you want to add? Um, I know you really wanted to push that we really are a, a learning and teaching organization when it comes to trail work. So just show up and we'll help. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like if you have no tools, that's okay. We can yeah. hook you up with stuff. Yeah. So we could have a whole extra episode on trail etiquette at some point. Uh, but the things that we have coming up um, next week, um, Victoria Earl is going to join us. Um, and the topic of that is why the back of the pack has more fun. Um, sometimes I think on our podcasts that are related to running, everybody just chases the fast runners and they just want to hear about the fast runners. But there are a bevy of skill sets and paces happening and everybody's got really cool stories and we want to hear from everybody. So we're going to hear why the back of the pack has more fun next week. So that's the goal for next week. And then honestly, we aren't sure if we're going to need to be <laughs> taking a break because, you know, Sheila's been cooking these babies for months on end now, and um, we're getting close to when they might show up. So um, we'll do a brief, hey, the babies came. We're not going to have a show for a little while if that happens. And then we'll it's get real right crazy to think think then, about uh, that we'll get right Ooh. back to it we have some really cool things planned so yes. they got to hold tight because we've got some really cool episodes planned through the end of the month so all right well hey todd thanks so much for joining us and thanks for being our trail work coordinator it's a really important job we appreciate it well thank you all right we'll be back next week bye Adios. bye Deuces. Sounds strange. <laughs> 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 <laughs>